0: So today's text is one of the more um, unbelievable things in the Bible. It's, it's the text where uh, they're having the battle and Joshua prays for the sun to stand still. People who um, are, let's just say, hostile to Christianity uh, often point at this particular text About some of the absurd things that we as followers believe. So um, just to kind of set the stage for where we are. So the Israelites have started to come into the promised land. And of course it's occupied, right? And so they have had several battles. And they have basically destroyed every person, every group that they've come up against. And they were coming up to an area, and um, a, a, a group came to them, a group that is in Gibeon, and basically tricked Joshua into signing a treaty with them. And the, uh, the reason that they did that is because they were afraid. And they represented themselves as having come from a land far away, but they actually were in the land that the Israelites were in, in the process of taking over. So they've made this treaty with this king of Gibeon, and then there are five groups of folks who have decided that they are going to go stand together to fight the Israelites because they are uh, frightened because they believe, they understand that their God is with them, and so we would be utterly destroyed. So these five kingdoms have band together. So that's kind of set the stage for our text. So let's take a look at what Joshua says. Come up and help me, and let us attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and camped against Gibeon, And made war against it. And the Gibeonites sent to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who live in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal and he and all the fighting force with him and all the mighty warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal, and the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who inflicted a great slaughter on them at Gibeon, chased them by the way of the ascent of beth Haran, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Machadah As they fled before Israel while they were going down the slope of Beth Haran, the Lord threw down huge stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more more who died because of the hailstones than the Israelites killed with a sword. On the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. At Gibeon and moon the valley of aijalon And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in mid-heaven and did not hurry to set about for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded a human voice for the Lord fought for Israel. It's the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. So I read this text and I think there's lots of directions that I could go to talk about this. But before we do that, I want to talk about sort of the supernatural aspect of this. So we we call it supernatural because it is not natural. There really is no explanation for it, right? So um, we understand things as being natural, like gravity. I pick that bell up and I drop it, which I won't do, Paula, it will fall, right? But if I were to pick it up and it didn't and drop it and it didn't fall, that would be supernatural because the natural law of gravity has been suspended. And so in this story, we have two supernatural events. The first is the sun standing still. The second are the hailstones that are coming down. Now, you might go, oh, Mike, it was just a hailstone stone, hailstorm. Sorry. But did you notice that none of the Israelites were killed by it? I think that's part of the miracle here is that this hailstorm happened and the Israelites were largely unaffected. So we've got these two supernatural events. So God threw hailstones from heaven at them. I mean, we're, we're told at one point they're just stones from heaven, right? Uh, and then later it says they were hailstones. Sounds like hail to me. And, and we might just say, oh, well, it was a fortuitous event that a hailstorm happened then, but note that the Israelites were not injured by that. Seems to me that that's the miracle. One of the miracles is that they were unheard. So when we talk about the sun standing still, I think there's five ways that we can kind of look at that. First off, we can say that's just a ridiculous superstition. Didn't happen Just somebody made it up. Second way that we can look at it is we can understand it figuratively. So it was like as if the sun seemed to stand still. So that's an option for us. The third thing is um, we can say that it uh, was a natural event that was caused by um, Mars actually uh, causing the earth's axis to come off. This is some of, the, some of the ways that we have tried to explain this, right? I mean we as Christians have really tried to find ways that we can have a, a sort of a natural explanation for how the sun stood still. So the fourth option is that it was a local miracle. Uh, and you sometimes hear this about the flood as well that it just happened just in this one region and didn't really happen uh, all over the place. It wasn't really a worldwide flood. It was just a flood here. So maybe this was just a local miracle. It just happened here. And then the last way to look at it is that it, in fact, happened and uh, that time stood still for the whole world, for the whole universe for that time. Now, look, there's lots of theories on this, and here's the bottom line. I can't prove it. You can't prove it. Nobody can prove whether the sun actually stood still or not. We can't really prove whether hailstones came down from heaven and killed the Amorites. But here's the good news. Doesn't affect your salvation. Not one bit. Right? So we, we as Christians have really tried to find ways to explain some of these supernatural events that occur in the Bible. So, I want to give you one more word about the whole sun standing still. So, if you were to Google this, what you will find, one of the first things that will pop up, is a story that says NASA found the missing day. It's a lie. Somebody made it up a long time ago. I mean, it's been, it's been circulating for a long time. And the, the, the story goes something like uh, NASA set their Cray computers calculating the, all the days that we've had, and it got to a place, and it just stopped because there was a day missing. So um, don't, don't believe that story. It's been thoroughly debunked. So Google is not the end-all, be-all to all of this, right? And there was another interesting thing that popped up that I thought was interesting, and I can neither um, say this is true or not true, Um, but it's on the Internet, so it has to be, right? Um, There is a group uh, of Israeli scholars that are saying, we're not interpreting the Hebrew properly, uh, and that there was really uh, what was happening was uh, an eclipse, A lunar eclipse of the sun happened while all of this was going on. And so it set its computers now to go back and calculate. They can calculate all the movements, even backwards, of the planets and the sun and all that kind of stuff. And so they calculated it, and they have come to the conclusion that this happened on October 30th, 1207 B.C., so that's 3,000 some years ago. So we're pretty close to that anniversary, I guess. But the truth of it is, none of this really affects our salvation. So let's kind of review what's happened here. So Joshua goes up, keeps his word, right? He's been tricked into forming an alliance with somebody, and he is now honoring. That alliance, even though it probably wasn't in his best interest, probably wasn't really in the best interest of the Israelites, he kept that word. So he shows up, and then along the way, God says, Don't worry, Joshua, I got this. Don't worry, not one will stand against you by the end of this day. Now, I'm going off to battle. I'm pretty excited to hear that from the mouth of the Lord. But but I want you to notice that the Israelites, they had to show up. They actually had to go and fight the fight, do the battle. And we read in the text that God fights for them. He uses hailstones. He, He, because the Israelites just show up, They're frightened and confused, the enemy is. And then God hurls stones from heaven to kill them. This really is not a story about Joshua or courage or integrity. This is a story about God fighting for God's people. And God still... Does that today? God fought for his people, the Jews. He fought so that they could have an earthly kingdom, right? It was so that they could come into the promised land. And God fights for us still today. But the circumstances are different. So the Israelites were fighting for an earthly kingdom. But we know what's happened. I mean, Jesus has come. Jesus has lived. Jesus has died. Jesus was resurrected. God's already won. The war is over. God wins. I mean, let me just be the spoiler and just tell you, God wins. It's over. But what's happening now, now that the kingdom of God is already here on earth, but not yet fully here in all its glory, is we're fighting for individual souls. That's really what this is about between now and when, whenever Jesus comes. It's who is going to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Like the Israelites, we have to show up. We have to be a part of the battle. And so that means that while the kingdom of God is here, it's not yet fully here. And as followers of Jesus Christ, it is our job to spread the word, to share the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody around us in all the ways that we can. Because it matters to the people that don't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that you know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And if you don't, Today is the day. God is fighting for you. God is fighting to have a relationship with you. God is fighting for you to know the saving grace of Jesus the Christ. It's a gift. It's a gift that has been given to you, it's a gift that has been given to the world. You just got to open it. You just have to say yes. And if you already have that saving grace in your life, you do not have the golden ticket. We, as followers of Jesus, don't get to say, Yay, I'm going to heaven. I'm done. No. It's our job as followers of Jesus Christ to do what he told us to do in the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, teaching them all that he taught us and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the kingdom of God is here, but it is not yet fully here, and it is our job to show up for the battle. And to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. With all of humble. With everyone we meet. it's really not that hard. You know, we get caught up in the word evangelism, right? It's as simple as this. Come and see. Come and see what God is doing at AUMC. Come and see what God is doing in my life. I mean, that's how the very first disciples were called. They ran to their brother and said, "Come and see. That's all we have to do. Come and see. You're God? is fighting for you. Your God is fighting for a relationship with you. God is fighting for you to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing to have a God that fights for you, for all of us? So if you have that saving faith, what are you doing with it? How are you sharing it? How are you being the hands and feet of Jesus in this place? Let us pray. Gracious God, we know that you fight for us. You fight for a relationship with us. You fight for us to grow closer with you. Father, give us the courage. Give us the courage to go out into the world and be bold followers of you. Boldly saying to others, come and see what God is doing. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. To have a God that fights for us is so humbling. We are so unworthy. And yet you do. For that we give you thanks and praise. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.